know, there's uh, just something about being at the, the birth of a baby, and uh, something about their, their their face, just their little bodies, and all the rest. I think too, just the whole notion of just the the possibilities that seemed endless. You know, at this moment, you know, when when babies are born, you know, who will they be, and what will they do, you know, how will they live. Um, and even uh, I've, uh, I've learned from one of the physicians in our midst that even when you hold a baby, it's been shown your blood pressure goes down. Uh, it actually, uh, this is just as free. It, it actually also has been shown it lowers testosterone. Yeah, so uh, um, go, go figure. Part of God's brilliance of just drawing a baby into um, us. But at the birth of Jesus... When he was like that, when he became small, when God became small in that that way, we knew his purpose. Um, His mom and dad knew his purpose, that that he was born to die. That, That he was born to die in order to rescue us. In order to rescue all of creation from the judgment of God. You know, from, from the wrath of the Creator, from hell. He became human in order to die so that we might live with God today and, and forever. We'll, we'll see this in Matthew chapter 1, uh, on starting with verse 18, um, uh, 783 in your, your pew Bible, the very beginning of the, the Gospel of Matthew, is, um, as Joseph, who's uh, Jesus' earthly father, uh, has a meeting with an, an angel um, while he's sleeping. An angel appears to him in a dream. And we'll see that Joseph, he knows what the purpose of this baby is. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for your written word. Thank you, thank you as it speaks to us of your, your truth and the, the good news, what you have done, what you have accomplished, what you have given to the world through Christmas. Speak to us indeed as we've just been singing, Lord. Let, let us um, uh, stand before you. Let us be, our hearts be surrendered to you to, to hear and to receive what you have for us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 1, starting with verse 18. Now, the, the, and this basically is Matthew's, uh, Jesus, uh, the, the Christmas story. Now, when the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way, and just, just know, Messiah is the same word that we also translate Christ. You know, so it could be saying Jesus Christ. And whenever we, we say you know, Jesus Christ, Christ is not Jesus' last name, but it is His title. It's who He is. It's what He um, does. He's the Anointed One, the, the One sent from heaven, the one who comes to die, to to do God's work, to be God's suffering servant, as we'll look at um, uh, later. And and, um, so Matthew's already telling us there, just by his title, that this, what this baby is going to do, what his purpose is. All right, so when his mother, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together... She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has placed 
God, the Creator, God the Son, in the womb of Mary. And so her husband, or actually her fiancé at the time, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. I mean, you know, Joseph, Mary's a teenager. Um, and Joseph, they were engaged. Um, Mary is pregnant, and Joseph knows uh, that he had nothing to do with that. And so he, but as a righteous man, which is actually a technical term um, in that day, it was a, means he was, a, he was a good, righteous Jew. He studied the Torah. He wanted to do what was, what was right. And so he was just going to quietly separate and let Mary go her own way. But ju- verse 20, But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So right there. Joseph knew, even before birth, what the purpose of this child was going to be and all that he was going to accomplish. All right, verse 22. So all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, and the prophet is Isaiah that he's quoting here, and we'll actually look at another section of Isaiah in a little bit. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. So, Jesus' purpose is set before him even before he's born. That he's going to save us from our sins. Now let's just let's talk a little bit about sins. You know that's sort of one of those uh, Christian words that we use, and it sort of just we right off the tongue and it flies by, and you know it sort of lost its meaning. Sort of like billboards on Coleraine Avenue. You know, you just drive by and don't even know what they say you know, anymore. That, that, that sin is our disobedience to God. It is us going our own way. It's about me being more focused on me than thee. It, it's me doing what I want to do instead of what God wants, us, God, God wants me to do. It's that, that disobedience that then is, is couched in selfishness and me wanting to be my own God instead of me surrendering to God as we were just singing. And it's that... Sin then that leads to, causes a separation between us and God. The distance between us and, and God that, that brings about God's judgment upon us. That means we deserve God's judgment. We deserve His wrath. We deserve hell and all that hell entails. We, we then live in that sin that leads to the, the brokenness and the evil and the murder and addiction and anger and worry or apathy and fear and confusion an aimless existence, disconnected from our Creator because of our own sin, and there's no way we can dig ourselves out unless God wipes us clean. 
unless God destroys sin and death, satisfies judgment and wrath, and unites us back with Him. And that's what Jesus came to do. That's the good news of Christmas. It's the good news that we we call the gospel. It's the good news that God has accomplished and done. It's not good advice. It's not just a nice precious moment, inspirational story to make us more loving or kind. It is what God has done for us who are not loving, who are not kind, who are broken and sinners. It's the good news that we simply can only receive. And be in relationship with the living God. And there have purpose and meaning and love and joy and peace. Because Jesus came to save us from our sins. So what, what, do, you, what do you think? Joseph you know, was, had in his mind after the angel told him, this is what this boy is going to do. This is what he's going to accomplish. He's going to save us from our sins. Don't you think Joseph was sort of pumped? You know, I mean, if you, if, if, if uh, you're a father, you know, and you have a child and an angel comes to you, you know, in the middle of the night and tells you, hey, this is what your son is going to do. You know, and you wake up. Just like, oh, excited, wondering, you know, now having to have to have patience to wait you know, the years as he matures and grows and, and develops to see what is going to happen. That, that Jesus is going to save the world. I, I, I think um, sort of like, uh, what, what if the, the father of Desmond Doss, you know who Desmond Doss is? Here's a picture of Desmond as a young man, uh, what, what if when he was a baby, what if the father had a dream and an angel told him, your son, Mr. Doss, your son, Desmond, he's going to save 75 people in a single day. Going to save them uh, from death, sure and certain death. Don't you think he'd have gotten up that morning first and wondered, man, did I eat something funny last night? Or saying, you know, wow. What, what is my son going to do? Well, that's exactly what Desmond Doss did. In a single day, he saved 75 people. He's a, a private um, serving in the military as a medic. See, Desmond Doss, and actually his story has been popularized today in a movie called Hacksaw Ridge. And, you know, I haven't seen the movie. Some of you have, and you said it was a great movie, but it is about war, and Mel Gibson did it. So, you know, that means it's going to be vicious and graphic and all the rest. So, but just so you know. But the story behind it is Desmond Doss, who was a follower of Jesus, a committed follower of Jesus, so much so that he refused to kill. He refused to put a weapon in his hand that would harm someone else. And he refused to work on the Sabbath. And so those were his two things when he signed up to enlist. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to kill anybody, I'm not going to handle a weapon, and I'm not going to work on the Sabbath. And so they still welcomed him in. And so he was a medic. Now he was despised by his fellow soldiers. He was abused by his commanding officer. But he stood firm and strong and said, this is not an issue of courage, this is an issue of commitment. And who was his Lord is who he served. So, in the Japan, Japanese theater, the Asian theater, 
at Hacksaw Ridge was a plateau that the army was trying to take. And they were on the bottom. They were trying to climb the mountain and take it. And there were bullets and bombs and all the rest going, around, going off everywhere. And, and Desmond Doss, Private Doss, he was there and he was praying and he was serving. And as the battle was raging, as the bullets were going, the bombs exploding, he would crawl, roll, run, somersault, climb, do whatever he needed to enter into the battle place and then he would grab one wounded soldier and he would drag him back and then he would pray Lord give me energy to do one more and he'd go and grab one soldier and drag him to safety and on and on he did for 75 different individuals that he dragged back to the hospital for 12 hours he saved people who were wounded in battle Could you imagine the story that his father would have thought if he'd heard that story at his birth? How much more for Joseph? Because Jesus didn't just put himself in harm's way in the midst of the battle. He didn't just rescue people from the battle and pull them back to safety. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus entered into the battle and put himself in the middle of the battlefield and said, all bullets and bombs come to me. He received all bullets and bombs upon himself dying a gruesome death in order to totally defeat, receive and defeat sin and death and evil. All bullets and bombs came to Him. That's salvation. Now, the thing is, this is how God had planned it all along. Uh, Remember I told you we were going to look at... uh, Isaiah, you see, in Isaiah, we hear even more about the gruesome purpose that Jesus is going to accomplish and just how. I mean, in order to save us from our sin, He must die for our sin. He must take the punishment. At the manger was the cross. You can't look at the manger and not see the shadow of the cross. From from the very beginning, this had been God's plan. I mean, Isaiah was written six, seven hundred years before Jesus was born to take away our sin. It was God's plan. It was God's promise. And it was fulfilled in Joseph and Mary. And Joseph, as a righteous one, he would have known this. He might have denied it, but he would have known that this was the case for the suffering servant. Now, Isaiah 53, starting with verse 4, then gives us this, this picture of the suffering servant whom Jesus was, God, what He's going to call, how the one who is great becomes small in order to do what is great. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely He has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we accounted Him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. 
But He was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the punishment that made us whole, and by His bruises we are healed. Basically, I mean, this is a, a great piece of, of Hebrew poetry. And what, what Hebrew poetry does, it just says the same thing over and over again from all different perspectives. So you hear the word, the, the meaning of sin. It's a transgression. It's an iniquity. It's, um, it brings punishment to us. It, it brings bruises. But all the one, the, the suffering servant, the one who is God in the flesh, is the one who receives those wounds. He's crushed. He's punished. He's bruised so that we are healed. Verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and He was afflicted, yet He did not open His mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so He did not open His mouth. John the Baptist says this of Jesus when he first met him. It's in the beginning of the Gospel of John. He says, there he goes, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. By a perversion of justice, he was taken away. Verse 8, who could have imagined his future? For he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. They made his grave with the wicked and his tomb with the rich. Although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth and indeed his tomb from Joseph of Arimathea was with the rich. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him with pain. This was the Lord's will from the beginning. When you make his life an offering for sin, he shall see his offering and shall prolong his days through him the will of the Lord shall prosper out of his anguish he shall see light he shall find satisfaction through his knowledge the righteous one my servant shall make many righteous and he shall bear their iniquities again he takes our iniquities that we receive his righteousness therefore I will allot him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong a sign of the resurrection to come. Because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. I mean, in a way, isn't it? It's, it's this real explosion here, this crash, isn't it? At the manger to see the cross. I mean, you know, the manger's a baby, right? Cute, sweet, cuddly, you know? And, and the cross is vicious and grotesque and, and bloody and, and evil. And yet, that's where it all meets. I mean, in a way, it's, it's sort of like, you know, you, you, you're at the birth and there's all joy and everything's going well and somebody shows up and says, you know, he's going to die. You want to take out a life insurance policy on him? It's true, he's going to die. But you don't say that at that time. But at the manger, we bring the cross because we know it's going to be vicious, bloody, grotesque, and evil. Because God Himself is going to take on what is vicious, bloody, grotesque, and evil. 
He's going to receive the bullets. He's going to receive the bombs. He's going to receive our sin and the results of our sin. He's going to take on evil all Himself and conquer it in victory, in the power of the resurrection. You see, sin, our own sin, our own brokenness is not like acne. It's not a blemish on the surface. Our sin is a core evil that destroys you and me, that destroys our relationship with our loving Creator. In order to destroy sin, it takes grotesque, bloody entering into evil so that evil can truly be destroyed. That, brothers and sisters, is the good news. The bullets and bombs that you have caused, the triggers you've pulled, the fuses you've lit that are evil, those are destroyed in Jesus. They've exploded in Him. They've embedded in Him. And He has taken them and destroyed them. And that was the point of the manger. To come and take away our sins was not just Him to come and preach, do some good work, but was ultimately to demonstrate the love of God who's willing to face evil. Yeah, think, think about, think about uh, Desmond uh, Doss uh, with me a little bit more. You know, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who, who, who would claim to be pacifists, you know, who, who say, I'm not about evil at all. You know, there's a lot of people that want to do that. There's, there's a lot of people that will say, yeah, Jesus is my, my Lord and Savior. But not many that are going to do what He did. We know what His faith is. We, we know what He's committed to, right? It, we, we see it in His life that He's willing 75 times to go back and forth praying the whole way to save people with bullets and bombs all around Him. We know that it's real. It's demonstrated, Right? Well, how much more is the love of God demonstrated that He's willing to come into a manger in order to die for you and for me so that our sin and evil can be destroyed and that we can be right with God and live into the fullness of His love? That's how much God loves you. That's the gift of Christmas. That God became human in order to suffer because of our transgressions so that we might have His peace and His righteousness. That's the good news. Again, it's not something that we do. We don't leave here. Well, let me go try harder. Let, let, let me go be a better person now. Let Jesus inspired me. Well, may, all right, maybe He does inspire, but the reason He came is because you can try as hard as you want. I can try as hard as I want. And you know, I'm still going to fall. I'm still a sinful, broken man in need of Jesus. And He takes my sin and evil that I did yesterday, that I do now, and that I'll do tomorrow. And yours too. It's good news simply to be received. To indeed, as we were singing, to be in awe of. Do you find yourself burdened with guilt and shame and failure? Your own struggle just with making it in, in, in life? Or maybe you're just, you've just given up and you're just an aimless direction of of life. God died for you 
so that you could live with Him. So that that shame and that guilt and that failure, that, that aimlessness would be destroyed with Him. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. You're right, I don't, but Jesus does. He knows. And He died for that shame and guilt and fear and brokenness. Whatever it might be within you, it is gone. He, he has destroyed it. That's why He was born. That's why He went to the cross. To save you, to save me from our sins. To forgive us and to empower us to live with Him and His people today and forever. That's how much God loves you. Consider the mind-boggling love of Jesus. Just consider that mind-boggling love. Consider what it is that's keeping you back. You know, what is it? What's what's keeping you back from the love of God? What is it within you? You, There's some of you, I know, you're feeling it right now. You might be able to, to give a clear name to it right now of what it is in your own sin, your own brokenness. Well, now's the time. Give it to Him. That's why He came. He didn't come to show you and me how to save ourselves. He came to save us. And if He's laying that on you, He's laying that on you for a reason, so that you'll take it and give it to Him. And receive His grace and mercy. Or maybe it's right now, man, you are just overwhelmed with joy. Because you know that's the truth and you've been living in that today. Well, then take this time and just give Him the praise. Give Him the glory and the honor. For it's a gift. A gift for Him. And, that he's, and he, he receives joy when we give Him glory because as anyone, you're, He's fulfilling His purpose. The very purpose that Jesus became human. As we, we, we come um, to the table here um, we'll have uh, both stations uh, for communion and we'll also have healing stations and you'll see folks that are praying around um, uh, with uh, um, old vials of oil and when they're 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 there as you take communion you know then and as you go to the healing stations the prayer stations maybe that's your prayer maybe maybe today that's 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 your prayer for you or for another what is it you need to give to Him? What's the sin that, that you're trying to save yourself from or you're trying to work out instead of just giving it to Him? You know, and you feel its burden. You feel it dragging on you. Go ahead. Name it. Give it to Him as we, as we come to the table. Let's give our sin fully, completely to Jesus.